0: Yep, come on. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to the Everyman Up and Podcast. I'm your host Sam Baker, and I, Henry and Caleb are not with me today, uh, but we do have a guest, and I'll be introducing him shortly. Uh, just before we get started this episode as always brought to you by quail ridge plantation going into their 52nd season of bobwhite quail hunting in the south uh in south georgia so if you're interested in booking a hunt with quail ridge plantation uh give them a call or go to their website uh quailridge and you'll find their phone number there it's family owned and operated so uh that should go right to a real person and you can certainly book your hunt. Um so the guest we have this week um is Jace Brooks. How you doing, man? Good man, how are y'all? We're good. Um Jace, we uh we've talked before, we kinda met through Caleb Norman, who's been on the show. That's right. And, um, but we haven't met met, which I hope that changes. I would agree. Yeah. And uh, Jace is a very busy guy. So his phone, we're going to talk about why in a second. So you're going to hear his phone blowing up. And <laughs> that's just got to happen. Uh, if that's we're going to talk to Jace, you're going to uh, deal with that. But uh, Jace, tell us where you are in, in the world. In the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, Sam. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, now I'm excited to uh, to get plugged in with y'all. And um, so yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm Jace, as Sam said. Uh, I currently reside in Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, I've been here just over five years. I am a forester. I work with the Westerbelt Company. I uh, I've kind of got a a bunch of different I wear a bunch of different hats throughout the day. Um, I manage about 200,000 acres in Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. We're a privately held company. So we're fifth generation family owned And um, so I do everything from hunting leases to wood flow, which is basically coordinating loggers to execute a harvest plan. And that revenue is between six and eight million dollars a year so we've normally got yeah so we've normally got about uh between out of four to 12 loggers on us um at a time so and then i also do acquisitions and dispositions so i I buy land for the company as well uh we're constantly trying to grow and, and and utilize some of the cash on cash stuff that we've got going on so um, got a lot of different stuff going on, which is great. It's super exciting and um, it's very fast paced, which um, very much is my speed. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean the and the the timber industry. Not to get too deep in the woods about <laughs> about um, timber, but it's been kind of wild lately in
1: Georgia. Man, it has been nuts. Not only due to the weather being just wild right now uh it it, it's been so dang wet we're trying to execute harvest plans and we got loggers moving which way and ever and you got mills lumber and paper right now is is pretty i mean pretty steady but the mills are just screaming for wood um but yeah we could get in the weeds real quick i mean you could talk about uh trucking the trucking Oh
0: yeah, trucking shortage basically. I mean
1: that if if
0: if, you know, in case you've been under a rock for the past couple of years, uh, wood earlier this year uh, just went through the roof, like construction lumber (laughs) went through the roof, and it wasn't a simple it wasn't a simple reason why, but it had a lot to do. I mean, you had weather affecting the ability to get wood out of the off the land uh you had covid shutting down mills you had a trucking shortage due to all these other things so it has been a wild ride in the area of forestry here because man i remember back in january february i heard the tonnage price and i was like man we got to get in on this you know on (laughs) our farm and (laughs) uh except for the fact that you it was so high because you you unless you had lumber on dry land yep you were out of that game because you're just gonna tear up your uh tear up your land or not be just not be able to get it out it's it's pretty right. crazy so um you're not on the show i mean that is awesome and that i i kind of want to ask you what came first the forestry or the bird hunting are they related did you get in one because of the other great question
1: great question so uh long story short i'm originally from marietta georgia which is northwest of atlanta uh, about 45 minutes i actually grew up in powder springs which i normally say marietta just to get you in the stratosphere but powder springs is at one point was a, a semi-rural area with uh, some uppity side to it. So it's it's on the west side of, of Cobb County. Um, we're on the edge of Paulding County, so you still got some rednecks over in that part of the world. But Yeah, if you're so, from
0: my area of Georgia, all of those words mean Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, and that's why, <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So uh, I normally say Atlanta down here or Marietta, yeah. I guess you stratosphere you go about 20 miles west of marietta you'll end up in powder springs Mm -hmm. but uh anyways grew up there um was fortunate enough uh had about 80 acres in my backyard that uh, old lady owns and my brother and i between uh the ages of eight and i don't know 15 or 16 or so we we'd hunt we'd hunt back there uh we we turned our tree forts into deer stands and had a great time deer hunting and doing all all of that um was also fortunate and my father was a, an avid hunter and still is and uh had us we had a hunting lease over in Washington Georgia over um we used to hunt uh every thanksgiving and christmas break we had a couple hunting leases over there we'd live in a little prowler uh, single axle and uh we'd we'd hunt for a week at a time. Um so between uh sports, school, I mean me and my brother fortunately, I mean, we we played every sport known to man. So when we weren't playing sports or doing school, we were hunting or fishing in some capacity. Yeah, that's and cool. In two thousand and two, uh my dad and one of his partners um bought 1,100 acres just outside of Cordell in between Abbeyville and Rochelle and Wilcox County.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. Kind of yeah. getting closer to my neck of the woods. Get,
1: get, getting close over there. Um, so they bought 1,100 acres down there in 2002. I was 12. Uh, fully immersed in that. I, I was all about it. Um, so, like I said, between school and football, track, baseball, wrestling, everything in between – We'd go down there every opportunity we had, and that was where I, my eyes were opened to the forestry world. To uh, I had been hunting since I was little, but that was where South Georgia and quail hunting and bird dogging—that's that's where that, that can of worms was opened. And uh, yeah, met met our consulting forester at 12 years old and said to myself I want to do that yeah (laughs) this guy gets to walk around the
0: woods all day (laughs) this
1: guy gets to be in the woods all day every day he Mm -hmm. gets invited to all the hunts he uh, so for me I, I I had a natural draw to the outdoors and was fortunate to be able to quench that thirst at a young age and to to be immersed in it and uh it's where I feel closest to the Lord as well. So it's kind of all in one type deal. So
0: yeah, yeah, um, very spiritual for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, long story short. Uh, so at a young age, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to get a forestry degree and play college football. And those were my two goals in high school. So, uh, that journey started, um, was was very, very passionate about uh, football and very passionate about wanting to get a 4 degree. Being 5'8", 165 pounds in high school, I was limited on uh, <laughs> yeah. where, where I could go and play and actually play. Um, I could have been the old practice squad hero and ride the pine on Saturdays, but that wasn't my goal. Sure. So um, I uh, – I I looked around at different places, uh, Western Carolina, Brevard college, uh, a couple of the bigger, semi-bigger schools Mm -hmm. ended up, uh, had a few role models of mine, go to Swanee, university of the South up in Tennessee. And, um, really I I went and visited up there and and they have a four shooter program, actually founding member of the sec. So they have a rich, rich history from a football standpoint and it really, yeah. for me, as soon as I walked on campus, I said, yep, that's, that's where I, that's where I want to go. Very cool. And so I, uh, it's a really hard school to get into. So I applied, got waitlisted. um, really was kind of bummed, but you know, was one of those things. I said, well, the Lord's at work in this and I got my foot in the door. We'll see what happens. But at some point you got to, you got to make a decision so i had also applied uh well i applied to alabama it was the first school i applied to and i think if you just write your name in a, in a complete sentence about yourself you get it submitted or you get accepted so i had that one out it. <laughs> it's all right full circle i actually lived in tuscaloosa for a year but either way we'll, yeah, get, yeah. we'll, we'll get there um but uh, so I ended up applying and, and getting into Birmingham Southern. They they didn't have a forestry program; they had an environmental studies program. But it was going to f- fulfill the the football niche. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Funny story. The quick story: the the recruiter that uh, or the guy that was recruiting me at Birmingham Southern is currently the head coach of the um, New York Giants. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that um, is very cool. <laughs> So that's that's pretty neat, but either way, so uh, going into that uh, after I graduated high school, I worked at a summer camp uh, out on Lake Gunnersville, Tampa Harbor. Did it from six years old to twenty year, twenty two, yeah, twenty two years old. Either way, was on Lake Gunnersville, uh, July fourth. Going into that summer was committed. Had a roommate everything was lined up to go to Birmingham. So they got a phone call July 4th from the head coach of Swanee called me, said, Hey, Jace, just wanted to let you know, uh, you've been accepted and, uh, we've got a financial aid package lined up for you. would love to have you, uh, oh, wow. August, August 11th from football camp. And I said, Holy smokes. Um, I said, Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm coming. Let me call my parents to confirm, but go ahead and count me in. Yeah. So the Lord in that moment opened a big door for me. And uh, so I called my parents, um, uh, told them pretty much what happened. They said, we're, we're in. If you're in, I said, absolutely. So long story short, got into Swanee, had an incredible four years uh, at Swanee. Started all four years as uh, as a running back. Uh, had a had a, a really good uh, I guess collegiate career. Um, got an incredible uh, forestry degree. Uh, really got to really see forestry um, from a, a bi from from the dirt. Learned how the dirt works. Learned how the, the trees, the biology of, of of trees and the growth um swanee's a really unique area it's on the cumberland plateau it's one of the most diverse forests uh in the in, in the country i think there's over 280 different tree species uh in the cumberland plateau area between the coves and everything Wow. So really really rich diversity so i got to see and and not do the the classic plantation management i mean we're talking about uh, shelter woods, uneven age management. I mean, that put Stoddard Neal approach to, a a, a whole nother level, but, uh, either way, got to see and and do a lot of really cool things. And, uh, like I said, got to fulfill, uh, forestry and college football and, and, uh, even, uh, cool enough legacy up there too, was able to, to start a campus who saved for Christ up there. Crew. Well, yeah. Uh, So that was super neat. And then, um, Swanee's interesting enough that, uh, everyone lives in dorms all four years pretty much. And, uh, the only way that you don't live in a dorm is if you're at the like top 5% of your class. They had a few houses that were technically off campus housing. Yeah. The The only loophole for that was, uh, you could create a themed house. So me and, uh, one of my, best buds actually my best man at my wedding his name's russell he lives in shreveport louisiana we uh created the swanee sportsman's house which mm. i don't know if you know swanee's got 13,000 acre campus and it is just a playground for all sorts of just hunting hiking fishing is swanee
0: the college that did the gun check-in that started that there's there's one at least one school that i know that has a gun check-in for hunters we,
1: we do we do yeah. Yeah. we we started that actually up there and and we actually have an on-campus uh bow it's, it's bow hunt only on campus right. but we we have we worked with with the police station um they've got a big safe that students can come in and um check in their guns and basically check them out when they're going hunting. There's a bunch of public land up there. So right. uh, really cool opportunity. But we saw a niche that we had 13,000 acres of hunting, fishing, recreating, besides doing all the uh, sorority fraternity stuff, which is, is fun. But when 85% of your student body is, uh, is Greek life. Yeah. You want, you want an out, you want an outlet that you can do. So we, we created the Swanee Sportsman's house. It's still running. We do like an annual, uh, kids fishing tournament and all sorts of fun stuff. So super, super cool. Um, so we were able to tap into that, which was awesome. So yeah, uh, long story short, had awesome four years there. Um, lived in between, um, graduating at Swanee and my next chapter i didn't really once i graduated i didn't know really what didn't know if i wanted to go back to school or work so i I worked i I took a internship with uh, sierra pacific industries out in redding california so Mm -hmm. i lived in redding california for five months and worked out there got to see and do some awesome i mean cruise timber pretty much every day for five months and got to i mean one day i'd be in 5,000 foot elevation and a monoculture of, uh, red fir, The next day I'd be in old growth, Douglas fir, measuring, uh, almost 300 foot trees. So got to see some, that's of crazy, incredible stuff. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Uh, got, uh, went ahead and figured out that I wanted the job market was, was iffy. Sure. Uh, at that at that point, I graduated '09, Ooh, and um, yeah,
0: from college. Sorry,
1: graduated high school '09, graduated college 2013. Yeah, um, so obviously we were just coming off the recession. Yeah, uh, um, so everything was still kind of we had a lag period. So mm-hmm. um, ended up uh, getting a a full ride offer to Mississippi State. Went there and looked around and figured out uh, that it wasn't a good fit for me. Okay. Uh, my goal was always, to, if, if I wasn't going to go to Swanee, I wanted to go to Georgia. Okay. But so I, the, the, the Dean of the college came to one of our classes senior year at Swanee. And, uh, I, had, I had put a bug in his ear. He had talked at one of our, he had lectured. I was a, a big enough nerd. I had made little business cards for myself and, uh, when I met someone important, I would shake their hand, talk to him and hand him my business card. Well, at the time, uh, Dean Clutter, uh, Michael Clutter was his name and he came and talked. He had a daughter that was a freshman at Swanee, met him, gave him my card and said, Hey, uh, Dean Clutter, I'd love to love to talk to you about my goals and, uh, gave him my business card and, and said, Hey, I'll be down for, uh, I've got a bye week for football. I'm gonna be down for the Georgia Southern game. Would love to grab lunch. He's like, oh, absolutely. And you know, when you hear that, you're like, uh, it might work out. My yeah, mind. sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're like, sure, I, son. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I gave him a call, and uh, I mean, like I said, this is all the Lord orchestrated all this. I mean, it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing to see him at work. But um, called him up. He's like, absolutely, we'd love to meet you. Let's let's eat. Uh, he's like, let's get a burger at Five Guys uh game kickoffs at I don't, three o'clock three thirty i think we got lunch five guys talked for an hour and a half maybe almost two hours get kind of just spilled every all my goals objectives everything in between and we talked and uh shook his hand and said hey i i, I enjoyed it i, I appreciate it. just sending your application take your gre and uh we'll see what we can do yeah and uh so yeah like I said, got a full ride to Mississippi State. Went and visited. Was like, no sir, not happening. Right. Uh, submitted and and everything to Georgia. Um, got a call from Dean Clutter and and said, hey, I uh, just want to let you know we we got you, we got you in. Uh, I can't give you a full ride. Your GPA is a little lower than it needs to be, and I can attest that it it wasn't where it should have been due to sportsman's 40s. house. <laughs> yeah, well, ha- between the sportsman's house and having to take a Spanish up to a 400 level, uh, that one yeah. ate, ate in a lunch on the old GPA. So yeah, got stuck. Uh, so with that, he's like, "Hey, you're in. I can't give you an assistantship, but if you can cover your first first semester, if you get a a a, a three five or above, I can I can handle the rest of your your time here." And I said, "Yes, sir." So got into Georgia. Uh, came in and just absolutely ate it up. So I, I did a master's in forest business up there. So it's an it's a MFR um, cool. program, two-year program. Uh, did two years at Georgia. Absolutely loved it. Um, got a 4-0 my first semester and basically got a free ride the rest of the way. And it was the best deal I've ever had. So, um, so that was super cool. Long story short, uh, I... Let's see. One of my um, classmates, um, his dad owns Westervelt, the company that I currently work for. So, had no idea about the company. Um, my bud started kind of plugging it a little bit. And was like, "Hey, like we we've, we've got some openings. Um, you should look into it." And I was like, "Oh, sweet." Yeah, so, man. Yeah. So I I interviewed uh, interviewed in like October, November. Uh, got the job. Uh, December didn't graduate till May so that was pretty cool knowing my last semester going into it, I had a job um, it basically was a entry-level forester position over in Tuscaloosa yeah Um. so yeah moved to graduated moved to Tuscaloosa bought a house remodeled it thought I was going to be a three to five year plan over there lived there for 10 months and uh, had another job open in within Westerville over here in Statesboro and, uh, got transferred over here and, uh, been in Statesboro ever since. So when did Um,
0: you start hunting birds on your own? So
1: I, uh, let's see here. So yes. Backstory on that. So basically when we had the tree farm that we've had, we've had dogs my whole life between labs, English pointers, uh, English letters, Brittany's, everything between. My dad's currently got, I think six dogs, um, right on respect yeah yeah so when we got we got the farm uh we bird hunted all the time over there between wild birds and, and release right and um i got my first my own my first dog that i trained and, and all that my when i started at georgia so in 2015 let's see no 2013 sorry i graduated 2015 from georgia so 2013 i got my first english setter tricolor his name was timber um got him and basically once i got him i i was already ate up with uh with bird hunting absolutely loved it um actually started a quail forever chapter at university of georgia while i was there um and uh just was ate up with it yeah man and uh so we had an old uh uh golf course that went out of business in athens so me and my roommate at the time his name's doug moore he lives over in memphis uh I, I on the search of dogs i was trying to i wanted a versatile dog but i, I also wanted the traditional uh i love setters grew up with setters Absolutely, yeah, good looking dogs it is, it is. But uh, I had been looking at poodle pointers. Funny enough,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, another good looking dog, very cool. One
1: versatile dog. dog, but really, once I was was looking, really. My, funny enough, my dad was like, "I, I won't let, I, I can't hunt behind a, an ugly German dog like that." And I said, "I, I can understand." And uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, honestly, for me, I was like, I I can train a dog. I can train a dog. Do what i wanted to do and uh got a jam up english Setter tricolor out of uh in and around it was Wilderland kennels she only does english cockers now but uh not far from lake blackshear
0: and okay. any uh, so, any genetics that we might know i mean it's cool uh, if not we're honestly, not all about that
1: honestly offhand i he, he had he had some pretty good genetics i mean um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I offhand i don't know his pedigree, but I'd put him up against anyone. Um, right it, on. That's he, all that matters. He, yeah, that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> Run your he dog, not your mouth.
1: That's, that's it. It. And He he was a meat dog. He 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 had all the all the the class you want, but he'd also he would he would go retrieve a a, a wounded duck in ice. That's and, that's and awesome. Retrieve it. So I, this dog was he was he was there to please and. And he'd do just about anything I, I, I'd ask him to, and uh, he was doing things said or shouldn't do. And, and uh, yeah,
0: it, it was a special and, he, dog. and I think when we talked before, was he getting time not only in Georgia but in uh, Michigan?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. He once basically once I got him, he was off to the races. I, I was looking for anything to hunt. Uh, basically, you get a you get a you get a gun dog, and you're trying to it's hard for you to watch him just sit around the house. It it drives Mm. you. It drives you to, to want to put him on birds. You want to do it for them.
0: That's, that's for me. That's me. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. So basically while I was raising them, I mean, between buying birds, uh, from a local guy in Athens, meeting them at a gas station and picking up a dozen or two dozen birds and going to put them out on this dilapidated, uh, uh, golf course. Um, we'd go put birds out and train and my goal was to get them on birds it didn't matter obviously with the wild bird situation from a quail standpoint they're just they're there's the numbers are, are not good so yeah. with that said I, I i started looking around and started researching was like well, dang we got a we got a bird called a woodcock or a timber doodle and they're in pretty dang good numbers and yeah. uh they little, know,
0: little known yeah. fact little known
1: fact no one really knows about these guys but uh yeah so i i started hunting the mess out of them basically started once i got timber as soon as it, so my english sitter at the time was his name was timber Mm -hmm. and um so i started getting him on birds between uh pen quail woodcock i got a one of my best buds lives in hudson wisconsin uh and he, uh, I, I'd go up and hunt with him on public land for grouse and woodcock in uh, October, November time. And uh, so yeah, anything I could do to get on birds, I was was doing it. And uh, even hunting wood ducks or whatever, whatever it, if yeah. it flew or had feathers, old timber dog was getting on them. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that that was. That was that. Once uh, once I got here to Statesboro, full, I guess full circle. Once I got to Statesboro, um, I got uh, a Britney Spaniel off of uh, one of my dad's best buds, had a jam up or still has a jam up, uh, actually had a, a litter, not really meaning to. He had a, a male and a female uh, off of a South Carolina uh breed line and absolute smaller demeanor smaller uh not demeanor smaller size mm-hmm. uh light coat not big barrel chest uh got a good got a good size not a big old square head but uh just a, a good yeah. good good 38 pound dog uh his name is Alba which is uh an interesting name but his full name is Alapaha Quirkus Alba Brooks there you um, go so our plantation in in Cordillo was called Alapaha Plantation so yeah. all of all of our dog names are have have got the Alapaha Which it. if you're
0: living somewhere else in Georgia and you see that word it the correct pronunciation is Alapaha
1: That's it that's it.
0: You can even add a w there on the end it for every point. but right. uh it's not Alapaha. It's not I've heard I've heard a lot of oh, like dude, yeah. stabs Absolutely. at it, but it is Alapaha.
1: That's it. That's it. So so yeah, uh Alba uh so uh so yeah, had had timber in Alba. Uh we've hunted everywhere from Michigan, uh Wisconsin uh nebraska uh minnesota uh new upstate new york uh south carolina all of georgia parts of alabama tennessee we, we've kind of we've hunted all of it so so um, so far i mean so
0: this podcast is all about like obviously bird hunting in the south and specifically it. georgia is do yep. you f- spend most of your time in georgia hunting
1: I do uh I'd say yeah I'd probably say about eighty percent of my time in georgia um yeah. but I, I i do take <clears throat> i do take trips throughout the year to other parts of the world sure um so yeah, and wife. Spend, yeah absolutely majority of the time though yes i am i reside in Georgia, so I spend majority of my time here
0: yeah, and what are you i mean what are you in uh alpa what are uh alba alba uh, my bad. How about what are y'all chasing these days? What's
1: yeah? So, um, so like I said earlier, the the wild quail situation is is spotty mm-hmm. at best, and um, over the past heck, five years since I've been here in Statesboro, I've really kind of I've chased wild quail, but mm-hmm. I've really shifted to woodcock, almost not almost exclusively, but. Pretty well, if if they're in season, I'm hunting them pretty yeah. much every every day. Um, With good get, success, get yeah, great success. It's it's been it's been pretty cool. Um, it's been a really cool opportunity to introduce folks to to the upland world as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you've got, I wouldn't say a, a target rich environment, but you've got opportunities to get folks on really cool. Uh, hunts where you've got you've got dogs running through really thick stuff going on point really difficult shooting opportunities but really i mean it's it's a type of hunting that you're snap shooting you're not you -hmm. don't have the you don't have the open gap you've got yeah. saplings that you're swinging through as you make a shot. So. There's no
0: pageantry as you approach no. the pointed dog and no. line. No. Everything. no. Yeah. It's just no. like, Oh, there's one. Bam. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, yeah. So, been
1: focused um, on the old timber doodles for a while. That's awesome.
0: So, uh, we, uh, dove season opened up, uh, Labor Day weekend and so, as of right now, they are the only upland bird in season in Georgia. We'll have uh, grouse. Uh, rough grouse will come in October 15th, thereabout, yep. middle of October. Yep. You ch- please check your uh, uh your rules and it. regulation book. Yeah, I got it
1: me. It's October 15th through February 28th.
0: Yeah, and it's one um, of the longest, like uh, – upland it seasons is. that we have it for is. reason because you need that long maybe to find two or three <laughs> yeah or one it,
1: it, it, or yeah or one yeah the,
0: the people i know who are the people i've heard that they are hunting rough grouse in Georgia, which is a doable thing and you Absolutely. hear and people talk about them all the time like oh yeah we were just going up this cabin in the mountains and they were like two or three on the road and i'm like two or three what yeah where and uh, so you're always trying to you know get that information, in but people are like, you really need to wait to like February. There needs yeah. to be no leaves on trees. Zero,
1: zero leaves. <laughs> I've been hunting them for uh, I've been hunting them in North Georgia for over six years, and I've yet to kill one. I have, I have pointed and flushed probably a dozen. Man. That sounds
0: so frustrating. (laughs)
1: Dude, it is – my little brother swears that grouse do not exist. I have carried him through the North Georgia mountains for miles and miles.
0: we're going to prove that wrong this season. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it's happening and uh, we will return with the Georgia trophy, which I I talked to some DNR guys up there uh, last time we were just – driving through some national forests and they were like, Oh yeah, man, grouse grouse is the Georgia trophy because it is. if you kill a grouse, you've been through the ringer. Like yep. you've you've been to the mountaintop of hard hunts in Georgia.
1: Yep. Yeah, I would I'd put that to uh I'd put that to shooting a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty class buck.
0: Yeah. Do you I think mean, that, when you finally trophy. make contact with a rough grouse that you may shed a shed a little tear.
1: Oh, I, a thousand percent. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, I want to be there. I want to be there for this. I won't even
0: I, shoot. I just I just want to be there for the moment where a guy's um, been chasing a bird for that long <laughs>
1: and <then laughs> finally makes contact. Dude, dude, I'm telling you, it is. Uh, yeah, it'll be a feat. Um, it yeah it. Funny enough, uh, we've been chasing them so long. And had so many just missed opportunities. Uh, the first time we went out to, first time I figured out that there were actually grouse in North Georgia, I, I convinced my dad that we were going to go grouse hunting, and we hunted and we walked. We walked seven miles. I promise you, uphill the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we are literally driving off out on the Forest Service road, and there is a grouse. After walking all that, there's a grouse in the middle of the road. My dad's oh, yeah. You have got to be kidding me! We throw the truck in park, walk out to where the the dang thing just slipped in the rhododendron. Everyone's surrounded. We're like, oh, we got this thing. Yeah. She jokes on us! That joker did the old escape on us and uh, old Houdini bird, man. The old Houdini, but dude, it, yeah, they're 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 exciting. I, I've I've killed. I've been fortunate enough. I've killed. A lot of grouse in my life up in uh the north woods and that is they call it the king for a reason it is an awesome bird to hunt no doubt about it
0: so i would say what i and again no expert uh on this whatsoever but i've been planning grouse hunt a grouse hunt for a while and trying to gather as much information and from what i can tell if you're in georgia you're really focusing on the eastern part of the mountainous part of the state so like clayton area kind of like helen and uh hiawassee east yep Yep. um over there like rome and
1: uh leave it (laughs) yeah no that i mean there's a lot
0: of i mean man they just had they had a huge forest fire over there not too long ago and they just let it burn out because it's a bunch of wilderness so It like burned the top of two mountains off, and it looks like, oh man, if I was going to pick where a grouse should be, that's where I'd be. But according to the DNR guys who are there every day working, they're like, no, they're not here. You got to go east. Now, they could be, I don't know, they could be misdirecting me. They could be misdirecting me. They could. (laughs) They
1: they definitely, I have had that happen. in the end you got to just put boots on the ground yeah Um, for sure that's what i've I've come to realize i mean you can get all the intel you want but until you put boots on the ground you just you don't know that's the exciting part about it
0: if you're gonna go home with a pouty lip over a skunk day of upland hunting in georgia you need to pick up deer (laughs) hunting just start deer hunting
1: just start deer hunting i would agree
0: um you'll you'll be happier and there'll be more birds for me um Sure. I think, is Wilson Snipe in? Is Snipe in right now? Uh,
1: snipe isn't until November. 15. Okay.
0: There you go. It kind of comes in around Quail. Rabbit That's and Quail right. are going to come in middle of November, and then Snipe is going to come in as well. Um, So, any plans? We'll get to Quail and Woodcock later. Any plans yeah. on Rabbit or Snipe?
1: Uh, I mean, Rabbit,
0: I know. Is not a bird, obviously, but I can. They're so upland. They're so they
1: are. They're extremely upland. So I'm not. I'm not the type that's gonna scold my dog or do any of that. If if a if I if I got a dog that either goes on point or does that bumps a rabbit, I'm gonna shoot it ten times out of ten, or I'm gonna shoot at it ten times out of ten for sure. Let let my dog bring it to me. That's that's a happy day for me because. I know what that joker tastes like fried up, so I am perfectly fine with it.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you're gonna run into them. And my dogs, so far, my older two, um, they will bump a rabbit, but they're not. They like don't chase it, and they'll bring me back a rabbit that I've shot. But you know, we're not constantly chasing rabbits, and th- right. they haven't even learned. To chase right that it's the attitude that they have seems to be more like okay i got your rabbit can i go find a bird now yeah
1: yeah yeah i would agree i that that's very similar to to what alba's got going on and uh i just got a, a new dog uh he's a little well setter. his name is briar and uh, this will be his first season so i'm excited to get uh get him on some birds man and, uh,
0: there's a lot of young dogs in this group right now that's the Everyman right. Upland group, which we are welcoming Jace to the Every Man Upland group. He will, we hope, will be a uh, continuing contributor as we follow him through his season and hopefully hopefully, get on some hunts together. But Boy. we've got, I've got two pups. You've got one. Yep. Caleb's got Atlas. Henry's got two new, uh, a, cock, a new cocker and a new vishla. So we got a a slew of green 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 dogs. Yep, just a slew of them. But man, that's going to be so fun to see these pups (laughs) develop. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: Okay, so we left off snipe. You playing a hunt snipe?
1: So yes, I've got. I have one pond that recedes october november sometimes december it, it's got some mud flats that are exposed nice and um i kill probably i don't know 10 or 12 a year yeah nothing nothing crazy but uh it's it's something i can get some dog work on and yeah. um so yeah yeah i, I definitely I, I definitely i mean
0: pursue. if you're going for the georgia upland slam you gotta kill snot that's it that's it yeah so. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, how's your dove season going?
1: Going good, going good. I, I've, I guess I've done two formal hunts, uh, and limited out both times. And um, birds, birds have been pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say it's. It, I'd say it's probably average from a, a number standpoint. I think all this rain uh, has has caused some. I would say lower numbers on our side over here. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, it, it was successful. The first one, uh, I actually was scalloping on the panhandle with my family Labor Day weekend, so I didn't actually hunt opening day. Yeah, uh, But I hunted that next, I guess, that, com- that coming Wednesday. We do a big hunt over in Soperton, mm-hmm. Georgia, and uh, I limited out in like 40 minutes. Um, Alba got some good work in. and That's pretty – that's stout. Oh uh, yeah this this field's been planted for I think sixty years. They've, they've been planting this field, uh, gotcha. dove. So it's one of those that just it it's it's got birds. It's got a ton of birds. I tell you
0: what, I went to the one of the best dove hunts that I've been to, or especially early season. Uh, got the invite from Caleb and uh, man, we it was constant from about three. To 530 constant birds. They weren't yeah. like the 20 bird droves, but it was like four or five birds just were always there. Right. I mean, it was constant shooting. It wasn't the like, oh, I can't keep my gun loaded, but it was just right. It was just right. And it was over uh watermelons, old watermelon oh. field where yeah. the coals yeah. had gone out. And when I cleaned those birds, they were small birds. But they were they had fat on them, which is oh. kind of strange, and um, full of watermelon seeds, just jam packed crawls full of watermelon seeds. But it, that was a fantastic shoot. And uh, Tex uh, Caleb's cocker made some very long retrieves. Some very, That's I mean, Caleb made some very good shots, and uh, Tex got to stretch his legs on some long blinds and did really well so heck yeah it feels weird that dove season's still going
1: <laughs> i will say yeah i uh it is it is weird that the uh the extended it, it, yeah it's definitely different because normally i'm like oh man i wish the season was in well it is it is and i'm not doing anything (laughs) about it yeah i'm like man it'd be nice to
0: hunt some oh i could go hunt Uh, something but i don't know it's still like 90 degrees so i i would agree i'm hoping this cool weather i don't know i may if i'm back um i don't know i i may sit i'm just gonna go sit on our power line somewhere probably this cool weekend weather that we're about to have um okay so snipe um all right, then Quail come in. Obviously, uh, I mean, gonna go for Quail. Yeah. Um, and then Woodcock coming in on. It's it seems December early. 5th, I think this year. Yeah, it seems early. December fifth and goes through January, like middle of January. I'm gonna say yeah. the fifteenth ish. I
1: think it's the the eighteenth.
0: Okay, so that yep. seems longer. Did we get a few more days we of Woodcock? Got,
1: I think we got. I think the way the dates land, I think we get two extra days, I think, this year.
0: Okay, cool. Because that's a migratory bird, and the yep. dates are set by the federal government. Well, does it work like duck? I think they the federal government gives Georgia X amount of days. That's And then correct. Georgia biologists choose when the yep. days are going to be. That's right. Which, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, they're doing a really good job. And then sometimes I'm like, have these people ever hunted? A bird. No. I would be very interested in
1: talking they to some it. of those people. They have, <laughs> no. I I can assure you they have it <laughs> yeah.
0: because you know the the duck season in Georgia just never has made sense to uh, me. This er, the early season we get. Forget that. Cut it. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. Add the
1: Add it to the back end.
0: Yeah. Or like just let it come in around Thanksgiving. Stay in or something. I don't know. Yeah enough begrudging that but so you're i mean so it is we're recording it is man it's getting into late september here time's kind of accelerating on me as we move into november what are you and the dogs doing right now what are you doing to get ready for the season
1: yeah no great question so um about uh august I uh I start running personally. I start running with the dogs and
0: not roading uh, like you're running. I,
1: like I need to get in shape. Yeah dogs okay. need to get in shape. Your boy's running. yeah yeah, so, gotcha. Um I normally sign up for a five K or two just to get me motivated. Mm-hmm. Um and um so yeah, I start running with the with the boys. Um, either early in the morning or late in the afternoon, obviously, because of the heat. Yeah. But try to get them at least, uh, running between three and five miles, uh, two to three times a week. And, um, so I start, I start getting them conditioned. And then, uh, on top of that, um, I've got a pond here at the house, or not at my house, but at my office. And, um, so I'm constantly doing, working on water and in, in land retrieves, uh, working on uh, pointing and holding and everything in between. So uh, just just kind of tuning, um, tuning up. Alba, I can do it a couple times with him, and he's like, "All right, where are the bird's at." Like I'm yeah. tired of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, he knows. Brittany's are a
0: little him. like that, I think britney's are. are a little like that i don't need to see it too many times
1: yeah and timber honestly timber was the same way when yeah. i was tra- okay. training him with a cap gun and everything he'd do it three or four times and be like all right like i get it mm-hmm. where's what, what are we doing this for like kill I one please yeah yeah exactly so uh briar has been very similar uh been working with him he's super smart uh picking up picking up everything he he's uh I'm excited to see him on some birds this year and see how he, uh, adjusts. Um, he's a quick learner. So I'm excited to see how he performs this year.
0: Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, not completely out of the purview of this show, but are you doing any deer hunting to get the freezer full before yeah. you just launch yeah. into bird season? That's yeah, kind of my I, strategy. Uh, I tried to do yeah. my deer up front,
1: I agree. Um, yes, I've sat twice this year, hadn't seen a deer yet, but, uh, yeah, that's normally my goal. I, I normally try to get at least four in the freezer, and uh, we, our rut takes place end of October, October 20th
0: mm-hmm. on for
1: mm-hmm. about eight days. is pretty hot and heavy over here. Yeah. So I'll, I normally will deer hunt pretty hard that week. And on and off between before work or after work sometimes but basically when when bird season comes in we're either early morning trying to shoot a couple of woodies before work mm. or after work the last hour and a half of daylight trying to jump on a woodcock or two um so that that's normally our our routine
0: yeah and i i want to encourage people to which is something that uh i've been like really wanting to do since I've been scouting public land is the, uh, the old, uh, blast and blast where you, you can hunt wood ducks and basically have the rest of the day to hunt, uh, quail. Yep. And so yep, yep. if you time your, uh, sessions, right. And, you know, obviously, you know, obey all the laws and stuff. You don't want to take lead shot out to your duck hole, but, uh, you know, it, it, that's a good, efficient way to do it.
1: Yep. Um, and I, I highly recommend it. Um, me and a bud of mine every year pick a random WMA in Georgia and do that. Um, and, uh, we've had some really good success doing it. Had an absolute blast doing it. So I definitely recommend it. The not the way I do it is I just carry nothing but steel shot the whole weekend. That way you don't fall into That's true. I, I shoot a 28 gauge and uh, basically I just carry steel shot the whole weekend, and that mm-hmm. way you don't have to worry about it. What 28 are you shooting? Shooting what? a CZ Bob White. Oh, cool.
0: cool. Yeah. I just got a CZ Sharptail. Nice. Like in 28. That dove hunt I did at Caleb's was the first time I would shot it. <laughs> Not yeah. it. I hadn't even shot Clay's with it. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, which you can actually find 28 gauge ammo. So yep. that's uh fortunate enough for us, 28 gauge shooters. That's um, right. If you're shooting 12 and 20, if you Good can luck. find 12, you're paying for it. Um, there's some hidden, uh, there's some hidden stashes out there somewhere. Um, just give you a little, just a little hint for the listeners. Cause there, we don't have like a thousand listeners. So there's not going to be a big run on, <laughs> uh, shotgun shells but your clays ranges they have them yeah um at least down here uh, you can usually find them um yeah man are you shooting clays to get ready for the season is that something that's in your is that in your lead up
1: not to be honest no uh i i mean i shoot enough during the year uh like during the season and stuff that I try not to waste my time doing that. To be honest, I normally shoot, I shoot one clay tournament a year and it's uh, here in Statesboro at the Bay Gall. Uh, we've got a, a group of individuals called the KT team. Uh, shout out to them. They, they do some incredible stuff. So it's uh, basically uh, it's like individual- a charity thing. Yeah, it's a charity thing, but basically, it's a it's a it's an organization that provides hunting opportunities for uh, crippled or disabled individuals. So oh wow! People yeah, cool. That, so I mean, they they put together turkey hunts for guys in wheelchairs, guys and women in wheelchairs. That's, uh, that's super just, cool. Just I, I'm doing the Lord's work. I mean, just doing some really cool stuff. So they do a charity uh, place you. Uh, weekend before opening a dove season, so um, I was I was running a 5K that morning when they did it this year, so I didn't end up shooting in it. But normally I I, I shoot in that, so um, that's normally the only time I do it. Normally dove season is my warm up for actual season for They're sure, yeah. Quail and birdcock and everything in between. So um, yeah. there's just not enough time in the day to, to do it all. So I normally when my practice is on the on the real thing, <laughs> yeah,
0: I usually try to shoot clays throughout the year because just because I enjoy it, um, yeah. But I have not this year, and mainly because of ammo. Yeah,
1: like I okay. felt
0: bad shooting as much as I did at the dove shoot I went to, right? Like there comes a point where you're just like, oh, okay, I, I've had enough fun. Yep. <laughs> like yep. I want to be able to do this a few more times. Exactly um so hopefully that'll turn around i really do think the and there are a lot of naysayers but i do think the ammo industry is going to turn around and once they can get uh their production ramped up i th- the the way i understand it, it it's a workforce and investment type deal where they yeah. they really like downsized a lot and it's not something you just flip a switch and hire a bunch of people and and pump the materials in it's really complicated as far as supply chain so that'll catch back up hopefully one day um yeah so we can continue to actually hunt birds yeah that's the thing um all right man well jace uh, thank you so much for taking the time with us today Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, uh, we'll join you in the field. Uh, uh, We'll get Jace mic'd up in the field one of these days. Um, I want to have you back on definitely before uh, Woodcock season. We've been having some questions about scouting for Woodcock, and uh, you're kind of the guy to ask. Um, Is it too – well, just a little preview on that. Is it too early to start scouting that or –
1: um, I would say it's never too early to start scouting, okay. um, between just finding new ground. I'm always open to, to explore new ground. I'm fortunate enough that I'm in the woods daily. Not that I'm particularly scouting, but it just happens that if I'm flagging a line a SMZ, a streamside management zone for a harvest and I bump a woodcock, I'm like, all right, duly noted, drop pen on the onyx.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure
1: type type deal, it's like, okay, I'm I'm seeing where the birds are. So I kind of make a log in my head like, okay, where where in my in in my portfolio where I've got access to to ground, do am I can I do I see similar habitat? Yeah. And okay. uh so I'm I'm constantly making those little logs in my head. Cause once you figure out where the birds are from a location and what they're preferring uh i think i had mentioned to you last year and i don't want to go on a long tangent we can hit on this later on for sure but last year i really started finding a lot more birds under thick privet chinese yeah privet. yeah and on the sides of, of creeks with uh, a heavy privet hedge which i cannot stand to see from an ecological standpoint oh but, yeah
0: because privet's very invasive if you don't know oh, but it's extreme. It's kind of one of those, uh, I mean, I've heard QF people talk about, we hate
1: it, but it is really good cover. (laughs) I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, but very good cover, and that's where I found a lot of birds last year. And um, it's not easy shooting, obviously. Uh, You've got got, uh, about a a foot window when they jump off the ground, and then – if they get through the top end of that privet, you you you're pointing in the direction, making a good guesstimate, and you're pulling the trigger on, on the target at hand. Yeah. Um I've even had last year, I think Alba ended up catching two in the air because they got hung up in the pivot. it was so thick. That's wild.
0: Catching so, a wild woodcock. That is <laughs> I know. that's
1: impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Not, not what you would want to encourage, but hey. I, like I said before, they're they're meat dogs. We're we're bringing home the, the sure. suppers. So it is what it is.
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us this week on the Everyman Upland podcast. I'm Sam Baker at Everyman Upland. You can follow Jace Brooks on Instagram at jacebrooks34. 34. Yep. Yep. jace
1: brooks thirty four. Yep.
0: Yeah. Jace Brooks thirty four at jace brooks thirty four, and you can see um, Alba and his new pup his new Ellen setter um, this is also a good time to remind you if you're in Georgia and you're listening you need to put in for your quail quota hunts because that application is closing soon or, or sooner than you think that's right and uh, always as always pick up your holes out of the woods and remember to bury your number two um, all right And we'll see y'all next week.